we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Well, greetings to all of our... What are they? <laughs> beautiful listeners. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful listeners. And average listeners. You know who you are. <laughs> and after that, there is no after that. <laughs> Not here. Not today. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Start that from the top. <laughs> okay. Maybe not. I, this might be the one. No. Okay. Go, go, go. No. Oh. Greetings, beautiful listeners. That's better? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. We're your host, Willow Truman. And I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And it has been a week, let me tell you. It has been a week. And like, yeah, there's all sorts of, yeah, there's stuff in the news. We need to, <sighs> yeah, that, but also like person, just personally, we've had, we've had a week. I'm going to be weeks. candid with you guys. I got dumped. Yeah, she got dumped. I got dumped and it's okay. It's, it's for the best, but you know, it's still, you know, you just, you just feel a little low for like five to seven business days after that. Yeah. Maybe longer, maybe a lot longer, but I sh- I shipped my uh, best friend and roommate to uh, to the country of Ukraine to uh, volunteer as a paramedic over there. Mm. That's been fun. Different forms of letting go. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Just gotta let him fly. But we're gonna talk about silverware today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a sip of our beers because we need it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Where do we leave off? Because we... Um... Yeah, it's part three of the Oneida community today. We're actually getting to the to the Oneida community. The Oneida, the titular community. Yeah. And uh, to recap a little bit, yes. Uh, the perfectionist movement, if we'll all remember, came out of the Protestant revival known as the Second Great Awakening, which appealed to emotion and anticipated the second coming of Jesus Christ. Are these the Calvinists? The perfectionists. Are they a Calvinist type of thing? No, they're a Methodist type of thing. Is that Calvinism? No, I don't know. What the know. fuck is a Calvin? What is it? I don't know. What are they? There's so many different types of Christianity. I, I that Protestant know. shit, dude, is um, real ridiculous. Yeah. They had. They all had very strong opinions about Protestantism. Mm-hmm. They're the opposite of Calvin's. That was the whole thing. The Calvinists' perfection was viewed as a gift. Mm. Bestowed on the righteous... Once they've ascended into the lands of heaven. Oh, yeah. And the Methodists are like, no, you could be perfect here. Right. So we're going to beat the shit out of you until you don't disobey. Exactly. Yeah, hell yeah. So, yeah. But the perfectionists, well, John knows, believe that Jesus already came back. Right. The second coming already happened. You were already saved. Yeah, so he wasn't anticipating the second coming or the third coming or the fourth coming. <laughs> Because you better not come. Yeah, he was. To God, we practice male continence in this cult. God damn it. Yeah. No coming allowed. So yeah, um, but really, John's not waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ because Jesus already arrived a long time ago. So it's time to get the show on the road and establish heaven on earth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And he started that in Putney. Putney. 
Putney, Vermont, and we remember the whole the whole drama with Mary Cragen and George. Cragen. Oh yeah, Craig. Yeah. I'm so glad Craig came back. Oh yes. <laughs> <sighs> and Putney, that's where the idea of spiritual polyamory took the next step. In 1846, Nose encouraged ten people, including himself and two of his sisters, to enter mm. into a marriage contract with one another. The marriage contract stated, of course, that Nose would be made, quote, the father and overseer whom the Holy Ghost has set over the family thus constituted. And this was the start of complex marriage on earth. And this was when John got run out of Putney and had to go settle in Oneida. These are the days of our lives. Like sand through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yep. <laughs> isn't that just it's so perfect isn't this just what we all need a little bit of fucking new england protestant soap opera yes yeah actually yeah. i do i do i know so we're gonna do our tarot pull now because we are the nonsense bazaar and that's, and that's what we that. that's what we fucking do yeah <laughs> we're in weird moods today yeah we are <laughs> all right let's see what did the cards i feel like i'm driving really fast at a time before they made seat belts yeah i'm not wearing my glasses so everything's already a little weird can't wear my glasses and the headphones at the same time all right tarot cards what do you have to say page of wands that's interesting knight of dicks knight of dicks <laughs> <laughs> no really yeah yeah princess of wands page of wands yeah is the princess of wands it's uh oh boy okay well okay, we'll, we'll deal with that later yeah so in our last episode we left things off 1848 when we got to oneida we got those 14 acres of land okay excellent okay time skip <laughs> <laughs> all right now where is oneida new york Oneida, New York. New York, baby. Get a nice slice of pizza. I don't know. Um, so the group has vastly <laughs> increased in number. It's 1862 now. The right. mansion house was just built. So the Civil War is happening. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. Shit is fucking, it's popping off. It's popping off. But they are, they're in their own little Eden. You know, yeah. they have these tree shaded lawns, the gardens They're This is their brick and mortar embodiment of the United Communities ideals. It's it's a beautiful estate and you can go there and you can like stay there. People live there, too. They have like 35 private apartments. Wow. It's also a living museum. Too, so like you can. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's still a thing. And I think some of the people that live there and work there are descendants of the family yeah i think so it's quite an odd legacy to come from it really is mm. so the group made a lot of money through fur trapping so a hmm. really good way to make money back then yeah yeah also thousands of tourists would come and visit them arriving by railroad and paying 60 cents for one of the community's mostly vegetarian dinners and like this blew my mind because i looked at their menu some of the some of the stuff that they would eat yeah and i don't know what 60 cents equates to but like thousands of tourists arriving to to pay to eat these meals 60 cents is nothing to sneeze at in the 1860s surely not all right so just just a little sampler yeah 7 a.m you're waking up in the morning you go down to the dining hall you got 
Got a nice plate of warm potatoes. That's good. Pretty good. Some tomatoes with your potatoes. It's pretty yeah, good. That's all right. Some fried liver and sauce. God damn it. It's an interesting breakfast, but it's not terrible, I guess. Yeah, right? I'm not a, I'm not a big I'm not big on the liver. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's 10 a.m. It's three hours later. Maybe you did a shift at the factory. I don't know. Yeah, because they had a factory. Yeah. That's important. Like they, We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you like to talk more about that, too? Yeah, I'm interested in the food. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's 10 a.m. now. You're hungry because you just had maybe a shift or you yeah. went out and you trimmed the bushes trimmed in the, the garden. the fucking fruit trees or whatever. I don't know. Well, you're going to be treated to, oh, some baked potatoes. You got some more potatoes. Some some boiled rice. Yeah, hell yeah. With your baked potatoes. Some Healthy. greens and some chicken gravy. Okay. Yeah. That ain't too bad. Good 1860s food. Okay, it's 1 p.m. now. All right. You got some some more gravy. Oh. With your pumpkin pie. I don't want gravy and pumpkin pie. And some cheese. Fuck off. This is such a weird lunch. I don't know. Like this Pumpkin is... pie, gravy, and cheese? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, and a few vegetable oysters. What is that? <laughs> it is an herb with long-stemmed heads of purple ray flowers and milky sap. I'm glad you asked because I had that answer prepared. Hell yeah. They're like a flower. You can okay. just eat them. Sick. Yeah. Huh. Okay, now What's it's 4 p.m. Yeah. It's dinner time. Well, what do you know? <laughs> some baked potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you got some cheese. Huh. Some gravy. Huh. Some oatmeal cakes. And some cold beans. Jesus Christ, that's so depressing. Are we going to travel? Tra- people travel for miles to eat our cold beans? Dude, how the fuck... <sighs> yeah. How the fuck... Did any? How does anyone join a commune? It's always <laughs> like this. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also <sighs> ate a lot of fried mush. Fuck yeah, fried mush. Also, I like this this dinner. Um, hash, cold slaw, custard, and grapes. Ugh. It's just a very like interesting dinner. I don't know. I'm. It's repulsive. Yeah, so that's one way to make money. Yeah, with your amazing cuisine. By this point, though, they had the United Community had um, embraced a. They started embracing another wild and crazy philosophy that been sweeping the nation. Yeah. Fucking money. Money, 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 money. Full blown. And like this type of Protestantism. This type of philosophy that was prevalent like in New England, as you've mentioned, it's the, it has the idea of God blessing you in this life. Yeah. And if you're rich, it's because you've been blessed to be rich because you're a good person. And if you're poor, well, God thinks you should be a poor person because you're a bad person. Yeah. That shit is crazy, right? It is absolutely crazy. And but also, how do you support like 200 people? Well, you don't. <laughs> uh, but like, so, so in 1862, round about right in the middle of the Civil War, is when things start to change for the United Community. Mm. We're going to go backwards in time a little bit right now. Between uh, 1848, when they got to Oneida, and 1862. Yeah. This is that time in America with like factory fires and shit like that. Yeah. Like the, when you hear about like god awful labor conditions, the shit that created unions and shit, this is when that like capitalist drive was really 
coming to the fore, especially in New England. Mm-hmm. Just like one of the big reasons why the North won the Civil War is because there's just the infrastructure and goods and like it wasn't the that yeah, they had the cities too, right? The cities and trains and factories. It wasn't because God was on their side. He's indifferent. Industry. <laughs> Industry. Yeah. The market was on our right. Side. And the, the market is God. Yeah. There's an episode to be done about how the market is a, a modern god, I think. Yeah. I've been thinking about that idea I think a lot. So. Yeah, our mother of the mountain. Totally. The market and the nuclear bomb, the gods of the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. And the United community, being the smart, you know, smart perfectionists they were, wanted to get in on that along with uh, along with their views on God and sex and marriage and shit. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get some fucking money. And they were also embracing capitalism. And John Knows started preaching about capitalism. In, in he his was, weekly, he was talks. always a fan of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he viewed it as his tool to spread the word of perfectionism. Yeah, he viewed it as like, and it, honestly, it is. If you want to spread a message around and you want to be successful in your pursuit of building heaven on earth, how are pe- people going to hear about it? You got to have money to finance your quest, to finance your kingdom. Yeah, and so they like planted a bunch of fruit trees. At the United Community, they built a factory. They're making silk. They would also charge 25 cents for the evening's grand entertainment, which is like on the second floor of their mansion, which they had a cathedral, but it wasn't like what you would expect from a cathedral. It looked like a stage that he preached on. Yeah. With like a velvet curtain behind him. And he would get up and he would give a a talk or... At night, they might get together and make decisions about business. They might enjoy a concert from the community's many musicians, artists, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or they might air out their grievances through mutual criticism, a.k.a. bullying each other. Hmm. Which is something that I would pay 25 cents to see. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Can I just sit in on this? Just flip you a quarter and just like, yeah, I'm going to take a seat now. I don't need to because I went to art school for a semester, so I know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of the big things they're they're known for, Mm -hmm. right? Is the um, mutual, the idea of mutual criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a member would be reprimanded and they like... They'd get taken in front of the committee or the whole community and everybody would sort of like put their two cents in. Yeah. And this was recorded, by the way. I have some of the criticisms written down to share. Yeah, absolutely. They were usually directed towards the members' bad traits. And sometimes this could be a shameful, humiliating experience, as you would expect. You know, that's, yeah. it's hard to take criticism, especially from several people at once. Like, geez. Or there was one member who said... The entire process felt like being dissected with a knife. Dude. But those things were all true. And now they're gone. Washed away. Yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this reminds... More than anything else, this reminds me of the biosphere. Mm. It reminds me of Scientology, too. They do this. Yeah, they do. they sit in a chair and, like, yell at you. But they yell at you. Yeah, that's a different technique. But, like, you know, um, our, like, first series we did was on uh, biosphere, too. Back in those halcyon days of April 2021. Oh, yeah. Nearly a year ago. Nearly a year ago. But like those, th- these two stories remind me of each other in a way that they don't remind me of others we've covered. Yeah. Other co- you know what I'm saying? Because like Johnny Dolphin would do that same shit just like, but then it evolved into just berating. Right. right. <laughs> Someone in a leadership position trying to do good, but then they're just like, these fucking people. They get overwhelmed and turn into monsters yeah. instead. Also, of course, John knows himself was not 
he, he never had to be subjected to mutual ah, criticism. Ah, okay. Because, right, know, right, right. A group shouldn't criticize their leader. Oh, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's the part that's just like, oh, come on. And make everybody else do it. You know, I at the beginning of the series, I thought he was a dweeb and a dickhead, but I had a little bit of sympathy for him. I did too, but we're going to, he turns into, he turn, yeah. He turns into a fucking, the fucking monster he always was. Yeah. He always, yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue. So here's some notes from the meeting, some okay. examples of the criticisms. This is of Miss E. She's not identified, but... <laughs> Miss E is remarkably outspoken and impulsive. Consequently, her faults are decided and well-known. So everybody knows. Everybody knows. The elderly people criticize her for her disrespect and inattention. She'll fly through a room, perhaps on some impulsive errand of generosity, but then leave both doors open and half knock down anybody in her way. Now she left the door open. Her laughing propensity was criticized. Some thought that she could dispense with half her usual indulgence. Bitch, you laugh too much. Jesus uh, Christ. Others recommended as a compromise that she should cease laughing at others' calamities. <laughs> like, Miss E, if you're doing that, you should maybe not do that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like fucking. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just. It's just fucking Nelson from The Simpsons. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Missy. Yeah, she's just. Yeah, I bet she looks like Nelson too. Yeah, uh, so they 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 write. We must cure her of her coarseness. Teach her to be gay without being rude and respectful without being dull. And there are some notes in there about like we don't want to change her. Her gaiety is what makes her special and awesome. But she just needs to tone it down. She's too much for this religious cult. Remember, all these people are fucking married to each other. Yeah, right. So that's Miss E. We also have some criticisms for Miss B. Or Mr. B. Mr. B. For Mr. B. Do you want to sure. maybe read them? Yes. All right. Of Mr. B, here's, here's what it said. He is a philosopher, a man who thinks and reasons deeply, but he lacks simplicity in the expression of his thoughts. Like, get to the point, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is what I should call an outline character. He makes excellent plans, but is careless in executing details. His utterance is labored, tedious, and awkward. He has in him the soul of music, but he is no singer. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that's savage. Yeah. He often promises more than he fulfills, disappoints folks. His financial accounts are always at loose ends. He needs to carry his conscientiousness into business. Oh, so yeah. he, well, <laughs> looks like it's, you know. <laughs> Mr. B. He's trying, man. Mr. B, like both Mr. B and Miss E sound like cool people that I would chill with. Well, yeah, because Mr. B sounds like me. That's kind of why I included him. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't think these things of you, but I could like. God damn it. <laughs> this whole series has just been a fucking weird roast of my well, ass. No, I could see myself in Miss E. So that's why I included her. <laughs> <laughs> I picked specifically people who I was like, yeah, I could I could see myself identifying with some of these flaws, perhaps. Listen. <laughs> I have never I know. promised you more than I could fulfill. It's true. Not you. you. Don't disappoint me. <laughs> and you are a singer. I'm not great, but I try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miss E, Mr. B. I am. So uh, I don't want to go to the mutual criticism talk anymore. No. I'm going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> uh, so, mutual criticism. Yeah. Well, 
although John coined the term, when you hear free love, free love, <laughs> you're thinking of something other than what was happening at the United Community. Yeah, I'm thinking of Jimi Hendrix sure. and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was not very free. Uh, sexual unions were regulated and recorded. What the fuck? Yeah. If you were going to have sex, it had to go in a little book and they had to... What? Write it down. Yeah. It also had to be approved. Wait. This isn't a metaphor for anything? No. They literally recorded sexual encounters. Yes. That is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I'm sorry. They were called interviews. What? No. Yeah. I'm not... No. Interviewing. This is madness. Mm. They used the term interviewing rather than sleeping with because they weren't allowed to like sleep in the beds with each other and have an overnight. You had to go back to your own room after. This is psychotic. So I don't get why they don't call it just like having sex. Interviewing? Interviewing. This is demonic. Yeah. Yeah. So even couples that had been approved by the committee to have sex with each other they i imagine plenty of people help themselves to an unapproved night or two yeah because if you requested too many nights together you might be kicked out oh my god if you show any signs of becoming a couple that's grounds for dismissal this is some this is some brave new world shit yeah yeah they're really big on like the you have to be committed to the group you cannot become too attached to one person and pair off yeah and you won't have a strong bond yeah, I mean, to the community. That, that's literally Brave New World. It's like that idea of society, the United Community idea of society, like taken to its fucking ridiculous end. Not allowed to fall in love. It's crazy. It's fucked up. It's insane. I fucking hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's just so inhuman. It is. Yeah. It is. It's not natural. And also, like, as an adult, I'm. Wh- uh, to go have to ask someone for permission. Hey, can I have sex with this person? It's insane. Oh no, I can't. Oh, okay. Like what? No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. So between 1848 and 1868, 20 year span. Yeah. And this is leading up to stirper culture. We'll talk about that. This 20 year span, only 40 children were born. And this is despite there being like 200 members. Whoa. So 40 kids born in a 20 year span. That's incredibly low. And it's not like they're not having sex. Right. We'll, we'll talk more about why there's, you know, sex, but less children. But like, you know, well, it's basically if a woman wanted to have a child, that also had to be approved. Right. So, and also with this mansion, by the way, it was designed, the layout was designed so that it was very easy to keep track of who's going to whose room because everybody has their own individual rooms and the sexes oh my are God. separate. So you can tell. It's like, it's just with like the business thing. They're going in two opposite directions way too hard. Yeah. The repression and the free, like, so way, what is Way this? too hard. And so there was sharp regulation. Way too sharp, <sighs> which was bound to lead to general unhappiness, if yeah. not serious abuse. This is abusive. This isn't normal. Right. And these are both yeah. points raised against no's justifiably. We're raising them right now. Yeah. And since we... Fuck this guy. We haven't done it enough already. We got to talk more about some sex. <laughs> if you like my body and you think I'm sick. Play it. I want to hear that song. What's the name of that song? I don't know. If you like my body. That's the name of it. 
That's a garbage song. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, Brad Stewart fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. Nope. Not a fan. Nope. So we're talking about that sexy sex stuff now. Still. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we never really stopped. Uh, it's really what we're reducing this whole thing to. Yeah. It's kind of isn't it the isn't it the heart of all things? It kind of is. So John knows he was the king of oversharing, and I'm glad for it, because if he wasn't, we wouldn't be doing this show right now. Yeah. We know so much about everyone's sex life. <laughs> and just so you know, ahead of time, we're not going to spare details. However, he did refer to genitals as love organs throughout uh, his writing, and we will we'll be kind enough to spare you from that. We're not yeah. That's the last time that I'll say those words, so. Thank God. <laughs> just one more time. Love organs. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> Eve Lorgans. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, All right. So as we know, now we're going to get real serious. Yeah. Uh, after his marriage to Harriet. Harriet NPR's listening. <laughs> in 1838, they lived in the usual routine of matrimony until 1846. But during these eight years, they suffered a tremendous amount of heartache. In the course of just six years, Harriet went through five births, four of which were premature. Only one of their babies survived. And I was thinking about that this week. And the, the, stupidest, the stupidest reason made me think about this very hard. I was watching 90 Day Fiance. And in one of the tell-alls, one of the, one of the, I was going to say characters, but these are real people. It's, it was actually their well. lives. And this this tell all there was a very raw moment where this woman was sharing about her her miscarriage and I found myself just feeling really sad to the point of, of tears imagining how traumatic that would be when you want to bring a life into the world with your partner and then that's cut short and imagine like you know you're carrying it for many months yeah. And then that life is gone. Like, it's just so yeah, fucking dude, it's sad. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. It's really fucking sad. So, and just year after year, pregnancy after pregnancy, oh. four of them yeah. in a row, just the toll that that must take on a person. And to keep trying, too, is just like amazing resilience. Yeah. You know? Well, so, I mean, it's also like not like really had a choice not to try wow. yeah like if you wanted to have sex it seemed like you just had to open yourself up to the possibility that you might yeah i mean that's why birth control is such a, was like really revolutionary even yeah. just like any form of birth control is one of the most revolutionary fucking uh, technologies that's ever truly so john watching harriet go through this and he's going through it too yeah he's also going through this tremendous loss yeah it's a deeply traumatic period of sequence of events. Yeah. He promised Harriet that he would never put her through that again and that they would find a way that they could still be intimate without her having to suffer because having sex with your partner is a really important part of intimacy. Yeah. But 
if you can't do that without it opening up this risk of having to go through this incredible trauma, then, you know, that kind of sucks the joy out of it. And then if you're not having sex, then both of you become sort of, you know, cold towards each other, maybe because you want to. But it reminds you of this horrible thing that happened. So right. that's when John came up with the idea of male continence. And he started just uh. practicing it within his marriage because, you know, he liked to have sex. So, yeah, yeah it required some self-control. Oh, define male continence. Not coming. Mm. So you can have sex, but just just don't have an orgasm. So if you're going to have an orgasm, masturbate, basically. That's a sacrifice. It is. But it's also a sacrifice for your wife. Yeah. To, you know, take no, that I mean, risk a, if you have unprotected sex. I'm saying that's a legitimate sacrifice. It is. Yeah. So John starts practicing this within his marriage. He decides, okay, well, clearly when I come inside of her, this terrible thing. Bad shit Maybe I should stop doing that. Yeah. And... Yeah, it requires self-control at first. It's not the easiest thing ever. Certainly not. But he finds that it enhanced their union to an incredible degree, is the way that he puts it. Word. Harriet was enjoying sex like she never had before. Yeah, because she wasn't fucking yeah. terrified. They were free from the horrors of involuntary propagation, he called it. So they were having more sex than ever. And it was better than it had ever been. So this improved their sex life a lot. Go figure. I, right? I'm, I'm trying to say it something. Makes, it makes sense for what for their situation. It, it I guess. does. I just I just don't understand how he's enjoying it, unless I he's guess. like popping off to the other room right afterwards. I think okay. So his friends. Like I don't want to get too graphic here, but I'm just. Okay, so what he would say to you, he said, "It's seriously believed by many that nature requires a periodical and frequent discharge of the seed." Stop. Stop it. Stop and that it. retention Stop of it, it is liable to be injurious. Well, it would be cr- foolish and cruel to expend one seed on a wife merely for the use sake of getting real rid of words. It. Use don't use these, these. It's not the content; it's the way it's written. I know it's so I, funny. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it would be foolish and cruel to expend one seed on a wife merely for the sake of getting rid of it. Can you just reword it like a normal person? I need you to hear it okay. the way he wrote it. And then I will. <laughs> okay. As it would be to fire a gun on one's best friend merely for the sake of unloading it. If the gun must be emptied, it is better to fire it into the air. So this is his... He's like, if you have to come, just masturbate. Because it's basically like shooting your friend. Like, why the fuck... If you have to empty your gun, if you gotta sh- blow your load, do it in the air. Don't, yeah. don't do it on the person that you care about who might be hurt by it when you know that it it's going to... Yeah. So it's... Okay. Okay. That makes it sound like... I, I can... I can My muscles can relax a little bit because that makes it sound like this whole male condense thing. He just invented pulling out. Yeah, pretty much. That's cool. Yeah. He also <laughs> has a lot of writings about how um, sex shouldn't be all about the final act of orgasm he's, and he writes I mean, he's about right how he's the, right. the most pleasurable act of sex is really everything that comes beforehand no he's totally correct the orgasm yeah. is just the final act but We've really been... the, the best part is all of the like you know I mean, so you, it's just that forever hold on we've been ta- for two and a half weeks i've been here thinking that this was just 
get 200 people, 100 of them are just like walking around just fucking... The works are all gummed up. If I can, yeah. like, I thought it was the worst type of. He's. I kind of thought that too, but this yeah. is actually a very uh, respectful and smart way of dealing with the issue. That it's entirely reasonable. It is. If so, that's like, what it is, if we're interpreting it correctly right here. Right. This part, yeah, is, is innocent yeah. on its own. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, with male orgasms out of the equation, everybody can just take a deep breath. We can relax. We won't have to deal with any dead babies. We don't, because like... No one's getting their eyes shot out. Yeah. You can just enjoy... Well, actually, that would be the new risk. You can just enjoy the sex, though. Yeah. Like, because after every orgasm, you have to know that this might... It's either you know, a, it's either a, a, a terrible tragedy of a miscarriage or it's another mouth to feed. Or she's going to get her period, but we won't know for two weeks. So we just have to live in uncertainty for a little bit. Yeah. Like, like it's just, so we just take that out of the equation and we can just bone. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting that he started it out in his own personal life. Yeah. And then sort of decided like, everybody should do this. But, like, it was an effective form of birth control, as is shown by the amount of babies. But also, the babies had to be approved, too. How many babies would have been born if they didn't have to have approval, I wonder? I was just looking at the next paragraph that's on that script. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just just do it like a, like a fucking Band-Aid. Just get it. <laughs> you wrote it in here, so it's going in. Well, with male continence in place as a practice, John had to deal with the issue of men who would, quote, have an omission immediately after insertion. And, of course, other men who would, quote, go well before it was even placed inside. <laughs> he had to train these these men to, you know, hold out, which this is, you know, this is a common thing that that men experience. And John learned how to help him out. For cases such as these, John recommended a practice very similar to the Mormon practice of soaking. Mm. Never heard of that. Is that the type? Huh. Soaking. Is that the actual? Yeah. Uh. I mean, that's not what it's called within Mormonism. <laughs> okay. Like there's. No, that's <laughs> what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that just your term? <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> okay. But if I had to come up with a term for it, I would probably land on the same thing. You, What soaking is, is you just put it in and then you hold it there. Look, at, this is the subject matter. Yeah. This is, this is relevant to what we're trying to Welcome understand. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. Yeah, so... <laughs> cause this is a big thing. We have some really interesting things to say about group dynamics and the rise of... Mm-hmm. Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Back to soaking. Right. So he recommends sticking it in and then just like laying there like a plank of wood. There's some very interesting theological differences between Protestantism and Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's in there like a plank of wood. Right. And then he recommends if you can handle it, yeah. you might want to like rock your hips a little bit. Jesus. But just Christ. pause. Make sure you pause frequently so you don't get overstimulated. Yeah. And also like communicate a lot with your partner. Because it's very, like, they would pair off these men who had this problem. Not this this problem, but... I, it's a problem. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. With no the one very, wants it. 
the very gregarious women who were very like sexually open and patient and yeah. willing to like train. confident and shit. Yeah, a lot of self esteem. So yeah, and then no, I mean again, word. Yeah. No, like that's actually that's reasonable. It is. Yeah, and it's. Uh, He's that's, given sex advice in a time where that's not, you know. Like, it sounds that awful the way he's talking about it and yeah. shit. But, like, that's all valuable and valid advice. But if you're still prone to accidents, you got to make your way to Grandma Bertha's room. What? Yeah, feed her some, some mashed fried mush. What the fuck? Give her egg-free body porking. What the fuck are you talking about? Because, you know, if you keep having accidents, we can't trust you to fuck anyone premenopausal. You might make a baby and we can't have that. So you oh, get, go, should... You got to go fuck the old ladies. You got to fuck the old ladies. Yeah, okay. you're not allowed to fuck anyone young again. So they would do that. Until you until you train, until you level up. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is all about the babies. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you were curious, there were no guidelines pertaining to female orgasms. Other than that, of course, if you were going to have sex, you have to be in accordance with one another. You have to be openly communicative. Like, you have to both be totally on board with everything. But also, the committee has to be on board with everything. Yeah. So, different women, of course, responded differently. Some women felt that it was their duty to protect their sexual partner from making an omission. They would hold themselves back from having an orgasm in an act of solidarity. That's all weird. But others didn't give a fuck and would do it eight times in a row. I don't, this is recorded, of course. This is why, like, I'm not making that up. This is what was right. Written. I mean, that's yeah. but like that. So it's that type of shit that that speaks to like like they, a, a weird repression the, and shit. The records and like, talk about even like I guess they must talk about how the sex went because otherwise, why would we know about right. how many orgasms happened, how many minutes it lasted, Dude, that's how an, many hours it lasted? That's insane. Like. Like we as, want to know how long it lasted. We want to know who came and how many times. We want what positions did you like? What the fuck? Guy, this is so kinky and weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, there's a couple pieces of like reasonable things. Yeah, like but I, it's that book, man. That book gotta go. Right. Yeah. Like in a way, I do feel like John is sort of doing the Lord's work because he. I read one of his pamphlets on foreplay, oh my like God. how to properly build up foreplay, how to make sure your woman is fa- like satisfied. This dude needs to think about how something else, How to make else, sex though. last a while. This is very scandalous information to be sharing on a wide scale. And it was good information, it's too. A, word, yeah, word. That's what, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The dude, like, he put his noggin to something, I'm, yeah. came out with some good stuff. I, a lot of the stuff know. around it is horrifying, but... I think in terms of the physical free process, sexual repression isn't a bad thing, but he he uh, he unleashed it way too much. Again, it's going too far in, in two yeah. opposite directions. He unleashed his sexual repression to a crazy degree, but he also imparted so much control over it too, in a weird way. A, a type of like subconscious right. sexual repression, or like yeah. like or not. It's the, everything. He's a very inventive mechanic in the act of lovemaking mm-hmm. for his time. I'll, I'm going to say it like that. Yes. To use the same mechanic, mechanized fucking bullshit language as he does. Very um, much. Yeah, he was, a, he was he was good at thinking about that thing, how to do it well, what to how to not have any more mouths to feed. He and thought shit. a lot about love. It, yeah, but that's the part he fucked up. Right. The way that he loved was so 
um, sort of short-sighted and a little bit selfish because he loved so strongly that he couldn't tell when to back off. Right. Like with Abigail. Yeah. Right. He kept he kept sending her letters and sending her letters after she clearly had moved on and didn't want anything to do with him. Yeah. And he just didn't respect that. And that wasn't very loving of him. For sure. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It isn't. So his vision of, of love is very distorted. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like. Like he wants it so bad that he'll like, you know. Because he also wasn't like just trying to, you know, keep Abigail in his life in some way. He he was like waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, uh, obsessive and fucking very creepy and creepy towards the, the other people's freedoms. Like he might. Yeah. You know, not how you well, earn someone's affections. Well, that's trust. the thing. That's his super weapon. Right. His, yeah. John knows super weapon is that he's good at fucking. Yeah. Right. Like that's his cult leader super weapon. Everyone right. has one. Elrond did not have that super weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. Elrond th- teaches some things about like about unhealthily repressing things for the so that you could be more physically effective. In the, right. Um but I do think it's valuable that he was telling people, hey, it's okay to have sex just for the purpose of pleasure. Because as yes. he, he put it that there was two different types of sex. There's propagative sex, sex God. where both partners uh, consent to having a baby. To creating and, another human being. Yeah, is propagative sex. And if you're not having that type of sex, then you're having social sex, he said. So basically, like, this is a social activity yeah you know but he was telling people that it's okay to have sex for pleasure and he's also telling them how to do it how to fuck without unwanted pregnancies taking place hell yeah and how to fuck for the fucking sake of fucking that is objectively good yes how beautiful and holy it is yeah how beautiful and holy Uh, And also teaching people how to have sex well is objectively good. It is. Because I imagine, like, I think that's a problem today. Sure. I think it's probably an eternal problem is that some people want more foreplay. And he fucking issued a pamphlet. And he's like, hey, everybody, just so you know, here's how to do it. So, yeah, John wrote a lot about how many relationships soured due to sex going too quickly it's over before the woman could even appreciate it or start to participate in the pleasure and really get into it i mean it's it's a thing that like you're not taught right you have to learn through fucking trial and error and like yeah he found that a lot of women felt like sex was just a race to the finish line of the male orgasm and they're just there as a as a participant in the yeah. facilitating of that act rather than it being a, you know, both of them. Right. And, but it's like that, you know, that's not intentional. No. Right. Like that's just cause like dudes aren't taught how to fuck because societally, like in the, the, the social fucking, right. the social and structure does have it at between two people. It's not a race to the male orgasm, Yeah, but society in this time and still uh, we're trying to get out of it. But Society does see it as that way. Also, before you ever have sex, usually you masturbate. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, 
a self-pleasuring act to that's get the to devil. orgasm. That's the devil. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then if you're used to masturbating and pleasuring yourself to get to the point of an orgasm, when you have sex, you might sort of accidentally treat it the same way. Yeah. Even though that's not what it is. So, yeah, I was recently on the there's a subreddit called Dead Bedrooms. That's for people in long term relationships who haven't had sex in a long time or have a, a very unsatisfying sex life. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them to the point of like contemplating suicide. Jesus. It's crazy. But so it's true that sex can be not always but it can be a very important part of a relationship. Oh, it's it's an, and when it falls apart, yeah. it you know. No, that is abs- that's absolutely true. Yeah, so I appreciate at least him tossing his hat in the ring of trying to figure out a, a way of uh, dealing with that problem. Yeah, but there is also so much wrong with him. Right. No, that's and just I wish I hadn't made so we hadn't made so many jokes about the not coming thing. Because yeah. it seems like this... It's actually quite reasonable. It seems like this is the one object... The one good thing that John Knows did. Yeah. And it is objectively very good. Yeah, this, this is actually quite selfless of him to be like, okay, I won't do that. And just smart and like, I don't know, it's just, just good for society. Yeah. You know? Still a piece of shit, though. Indeed. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it, but we have to do it. We have to talk about Ascending Fellowship. No, no, wait. Ascending? Ascending Fellowship. No, That's no. I know. <laughs> Fuck, That's no, no, no. Word. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ascending implies hierarchy. These these things all come from hierarchical... Hierarchies. Hi- and there was a hierarchy within within it, the United spe- community, Specifically sure. Protestant hierarchies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Catholics got the hierarchy, too, but mm. they're quite upfront about it. Yeah. Yeah. In a world of Bible communism, yes. John Knows was ready to seize the means of reproduction. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was aided by an inner circle of spies. Okay. And the odious rights of mutual criticism. Mm, odious Knows, rights? Yeah. He monopolized the sexual economy. What a motherfucker. Like, honestly, <laughs> like if if someone was getting too cocky, I wonder, like, would he just be like, all right, you know what? I think I'm bringing you in for mutual criticism tonight. Let me just fucking knock you down a peg. I have to imagine oh, wow. he used it strategically. Okay. Because I feel like he's totally a person that knows yeah. how to get in people's minds. He's a psychopath. Like their minds. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cult leader, whatever that mm. fucking cluster of disorders is. Yeah. This is super culty. Yeah. This is that archetype. Yeah. He would assign young women to his older male friends Mm -hmm. and to himself. He appointed (laughs) himself the first husband of all of the virgins who were entering their complex marriage after turning 14. Fucking up against the wall. Fuck you. Yeah. Up against the goddamn wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is where he just turns, like, just a ter- terrible, like, okay. Oh, that's not, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the older members were in a special group called the Central Members. Mm. And they would each pick a virgin to be spiritually responsible for. No. You can guess what that means. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. So, yeah, this took place when the... The people, the young people were about 14 years old. It's so crazy. This dude just never allowed anyone to come ever. Yeah. Yeah. I I just regret saying he did anything good because that's fucking awful. Like, 
it it sucks that you you gotta acknowledge yeah. both. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You gotta tell the whole story. Gotta, you gotta. This is bad though. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. The central members, by the way, were both male and female. And like I said, the female members were usually they were postmenopausal because they would be the ones that would hook up with the with the young male virgins. Sure. Or interview them. God. Yeah. Which was to ensure that a pregnancy wouldn't occur while the young men were still learning male continence. Yeah. It was also uh, practiced so that the younger members wouldn't create any special love, quote, special love with each other like because you know if the young people were allowed to form relationships with each other that yeah dude this is of course they didn't they would rather fuck each other than the old people well yeah for sure because i know wants to fuck the olds no (laughs) i'm sorry i mean maybe you do no i'm not judging but if you're a teenager you shouldn't be yeah this shouldn't be happening Oh, yeah, there are definitely a lot of Google results for Brave New World and Oneida Community. Mm. Yeah, oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm thinking Brave New World was directly based off the Oneida Community. <coughs> Crazy. Yeah, you should. That book is hard for me to get through. You should you should try. It creeps me the fuck out mm. the same way that this does, because it is yeah. di- directly based on the Oneida Community. I guarantee it. And it's just like. I don't know. It's so crazy to me how the Mansion House website, like, doesn't really acknowledge this shit. Well, why would you? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, there's so much genealogy stuff. Because, of course, it's this made a huge family tree and the descendants and whatever. Oh, yeah. But, like... There's, this isn't talked about enough. This really fucking gross part about it. It's just sweeped no, under it, the rug. Dude, in my... Because I did a lot of reading about about this shit too especially you know last night and shit uh this barely ever comes up yeah like do we want to talk about the child rape no oh okay oh we're just gonna leave that part out huh yeah really just gonna i wonder oh, do, they, do they mention that in their tour and yeah. here are the paper dolls that the children played with right after the- dude <laughs> oh god oh it's so sick it's a lot of darkness in the northeast man yeah yeah, buttoned up, quiet darkness. Yeah. Fucking creepy. So on the topic of like really gross things, that's how we're going to transition into the stirpiculture stuff. Oh, what was that? Stirpiculture, yeah. So between 1869 and 1879, and as we know, 1879 is basically when shit goes off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't really go off the rails. It just, the the mask falls off, I think. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. For both John and the community. Yeah. And also, along the lines of thinking of things mechanically, that plays into... Sorry, one oh, second. Yeah. That plays into this a lot. Too, yeah, no, exactly. With yeah. the idea of engineering, like, soldiers for God... Or not Re- soldiers for God, but Dude, angels for God. This is Brave New World. Like, to a T, the sex shit, it's literally, literally... Brave New World with the, the the type of sex control and shit and like yeah you should you should read that <clears throat> so between 1869 and 1879 this decade of stirpiculture the the last decade yeah the last decade it's eugenics yeah it's just eugenics but they're not calling it that because that term didn't exist until 
several decades later. Yeah. We're calling it stirpiculture, just like John Nose did, who derived the term from the Latin word stirps, meaning stock, stem, or root. He was also, Mm. he was very intrigued by, like, Charles Darwin. Oh, yes. Because he liked the idea of breeding the ideal child, the ideal people. Yeah. 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 That means he's a perfectionist. Yes, literally. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Like, you just said that I forgot that it's a capital P perfectionist. Capital P perfectionist. But also a lowercase p perfectionist. For sure. He was such a lowercase p perfectionist that I think it it really clouded his empathy. I don't think it clouded his empathy. I don't think he had any. Yeah. He's a cult leader. I mean, he did for Harriet because otherwise he wouldn't have came up with the whole male thing. Oh, that's true. So it's it's just odd where he extends his empathy. He just he's so one track minded. He comes up with his vision of how things should be, yeah. and then everyone else should adhere to that because that's the perfect way to have heaven on earth. And he is the leader, and you can yeah. criticize the leader. He sees how the right. He sees how the gears connect and fucking yeah. I know how it should be. So the community is doing all of this, the stirpiculture thing, with the optimistic goal of creating more capital H heavenly individuals children who are spiritually elevated who will help mankind bring about heaven on earth Uh, his goal is to create genetically and morally superior children the physicality of the parents didn't matter they're not trying to make a generation of hotties here and we'll fuck them either way um (laughs) no though they weren't like they weren't trying to make the kids more beautiful no just so spirituality and intellect were the primary criteria okay that they had you had to possess if you wanted to participate. You're just going to get generations of fucking OCD people. Yeah. Dude, careful, man. So how are the parents chosen? I'm sure. Guess. Like, uh, but through, it's the book. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's they're chosen by John. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you think he was doing like, he was making Excel spreadsheets out of the book? Probably. <laughs> like... Oh my god! So fucking tables. That's so weird to just have a a book of all the yeah. It's so bizarre. Inhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Sex bots. <laughs> so his inner committee is also helping him with these decisions and seeing that John believed that older men were the wisest and most spiritually sound, they were prioritized for the experiment, often paired off with much younger women. Definitely not how genetics works. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some couples who petitioned to have a child together were granted permission, but many weren't. There was one woman named Mary Jones who was chosen for the experiment. Her... 1873 pregnancy ended in stillbirth, and that was with a partner chosen for her. In 1877, she was ready to try again. Mary wanted to have a child with a fellow Oneidan named Victor Hawley. But the committee insisted that she mate with the man of their choosing instead. And this pregnancy, too, ended in stillbirth. Leaving Mary with two of the four stillbirths that took place during the entire experiment. So out of about 64 births... Yeah. And there's only four out of 64. And then she's responsible for, not responsible for, but she experienced two out of the four. 
she's like carrying the weight of so much. Yeah. And I'm sure that she just felt like crap. Yeah. You know, like that must have been horrible. Wait, I, I blanked for a second. Did she have, were there only four viable kids or four stillbirths? There were, so out of the 60 to 64, I don't have a clear number on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Births that took place during the 10-year mm-hmm. experiment, four of those were stillbirths. Shit. So, and two of those four were Mary's. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really, really sucks. And she didn't even want to have that kid with that man. That's... She wanted it with her man who she loved right Victor. that's awful and they said no so you know her and victor fucked off they left to go get married hell yeah which is good foreshadowing for why the community would dissolve is right. cases like this they went to live with a group of 30 other disgruntled oneidans in california and they ended up having five kids together hell yeah so yeah almost almost like you should eat better right eat some fucking meat yeah, these Jesus these Christ, get a little bit of fucking per- goddamn. It's gravy and mush and vegetable oils, these flowers, feeding people flowers and potatoes. Like, that's fine. And it doesn't even need to be meat. You need some protein in there. Mm. Your shit's going to get all fucked up. It's true. They're, yeah. When I look at their diets, it's it's lacking. Right. It's actually, it reminds me of most cult diets. Yeah, it's just a lot of potatoes, mush, cheese, oatmeal. Yeah, it's you're missing a lot of energy and a lot of like mm-hmm. strength, both both mentally and physically. Yeah. You'll see that a lot in a lot of cults. And I don't know if it's intentional or if it just is one of the things that maybe allows the cult to get super culty is that the people stop. They, they lose a bit of their fire, you know, mm-hmm. a bit of their... Their libido, essentially. Yeah. In like the in the Jungian sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that like Mary wasn't the only woman who had this experience. I'm sure. Of like and imagine how much that must suck. You like want to have a a kid with this person and you're told no. No. And why should you ever have to go through that? Oh you you shouldn't. Yeah. That's completely fucked up. Yeah. So each potential parent They're all required to sign a contract, committing themselves to the experiment, but more importantly, committing themselves to God Mm. and God's human representative, John. God damn it. And honestly, like, if you're a man, you better hope that you're chosen for the experiment because, God, it's been so long since you came inside a woman. It's true. Like, please pick me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And up until now. Slapping each other with tables and chairs and shit. Up until now, between like 1848 and 1868, the birth rate of the community was a very low two babies a year. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of that. 40 between 200 members. Yeah. Part of that was due to the group's poverty for a while Mm because they they weren't rich. They couldn't afford to have that many new non-working members. Like, keep your babies out of here because these damn kids can't pay the rent. Two new babies a year. But now they got more money. They got they more resources. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, this is a side of, side of stuff I looked into. Apart from weird sexual mechaniz- mechanization and ah, group dynamic mechanization and all this shit, 
they were really into capitalism. Like, really, really into it. Just so funny for a group of communists. Right. I mean, they, so they one of the magazines they published right up at the end was um, called American Socialist. Mm-hmm. American Socialist argued against labor unions, against uh, minimum wages, against all the shit that was the start of the labor movement. Yeah. Right. Right here. You would associate with socialism, perhaps. Sure. Communism, a communist, sex yeah, commune. Yeah. yeah. No, not at all. Uh, see, the post-Civil War economy was weird. Mm-hmm. It was very fucking weird. You had the reconstruction of the South, re- which is literally reconstruction. Like, the South got demolished. It got incredibly fucked up. The whole two-mile fucking wide swath of Georgia just got burned to the fucking ground. Yeah. Just from top to bottom. Like, there is a lot to rebuild and, like, reestablish control because there was also, like, a lot of Confederates still alive. And, like, and the North won, uh, as I said earlier, like, the power of industry. So there was a lot to be made. There was the, the, the markets were volatile. Shit was going up. Shit was going down. But if you were in the right place, you could fucking do a bunch of shit. Yeah. And they took full advantage of it. The biggest thing they sold was these game traps. Invented by a man named Sidney Newell. Invented by a dude named Sidney Newell. And they were like a huge pit, I guess. I don't exactly know what they looked like, but that was what they were selling. They were making a bunch of money on it. And they had like fruit trees. They they were spinning silk. They are making textiles. They just like started using different members of the commune for different jobs. Right, right, right. And, you know... There were children there. Sure. When you got children there, you better put them to work. Yeah. And in the early days, like, they paid the kids. They they were pretty groovy. They, it seemed like it was, like, a, a commune. But more and more, the doctrine of capitalism started creeping into John Doe's sermons. Mm-hmm. And, like, I prefer capitalism. Small C capitalism. I'm very poor. But I prefer it to any other competing philosophy of economic philosophy I've heard of. I'm going to talk a lot of shit about capitalism right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, they John knows started preaching like the gospel of capitalism in his nightly talks and shit. Right. And that whole Puritan thing of like, well, if you make more money, it's because God loves you. So it's this like Uh self-reinforcing bullshit. Basically, they tried like doing all these different industries. Mm. All this shit at their compound. I'm just going to call it a compound. The estate, yeah. right? But it's a, it's a cult compound. And, uh, you know, the only one they really made any money off of was the game traps. But they had the fruit trees. They had livestock. They had all this shit. And because of, like, some sketchy accounting that's going to come back and bite you in the fucking ass later, they, like, they were living kind of large. Mm-hmm. Not with the, you know, the gruel and the bad food. But they had a ton of people who were not part of the commune. That were working as hired labor, yeah, at the Oneida Community Estate, right, right. Probably like when they did the stirpiculture thing, right? Yeah, you know, you got all of these selectively bred children. You got to keep them somewhere. So they built this new wing, the children's house. Yeah, yeah. And they had to hire nurses and teachers because, of course, you know, as soon as you're off the titty. You go straight to the children's house and you're not allowed to be with your parents because then you mm. might get too bonded to them. And oh, this is have, literally Brave New World. We can't have kids bonding with their parents Dude. too much. You better knock that off. Dude. And if you were, if you were caught bonding with your kid too much, you would be separated from them for a short period of time. Like you would be banned from seeing each other 
to prove that you didn't favor your kid over the others. This is blowing my fucking mind how this is Brave New World. Yeah. Because they all like Brave Isn't New World. Isn't sick? It's incredibly sick. It's people didn't like it. That's kind of right. one of the reasons why this fell apart. It's because it turns well, out we'll when people have the... kids, they want to be with their kids. Yeah. Well, people, the tensions were rising throughout the community throughout oh, yeah. this time. Yeah. But the thing that was, you know, keeping them there was business and shit right. and, the, and the promise of capitalism and shit. And um, so one of the things they started doing was uh, manufacturing silk thread. Um, they started importing raw silk in 1866 from uh, Guangzhou. I don't, I'm no good at Chinese pronunciation. That was like the the commune mechanics like automated several processes required to spin raw silk into a homogenous thread suitable for machine sewing. So they were making silk thread to put into sewing machines. They that was one of the things. Fingers in, in all sorts of pots. That's what I'm saying. They they went to every. They tried to do fucking everything. They also expanded into multiple sites too. There wasn't just the Oneida community. There was a couple other satellite communes. Yeah, they had one in Connecticut. Yep, in Wallingford, and uh, oh, that that might have been the only other. The other one. Yeah, until there was like a big tornado. Yeah. So they, with this silk, what they would do is uh, they followed the same model as like the other New England textile factories. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that driving through any of these cities up here, like. Yeah, all you see, of them. All the small towns and shit. That's like, you know, the Triangle Factory fire where they just like locked a floor of women oh, that's, in there that's and to burn to death. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of the things we don't, we don't talk about up here. You know why? Because yeah. we won the fucking Civil War, so we get to choose what nasty what parts of our history about. history we don't talk about. Yeah. Like the fact that we would do shit like lock women inside a burning fucking building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that happened. It's fucking awful. Um, mm-hmm. But so they, they, the Oneida community followed the same model set up by that, by the New England factories, and they would hire all these women from, girls from uh, the surrounding villages to come work spinning uh, silk thread. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in uh, in 1860, across 42 American silk factories, uh, female workers are, uh, received an average wage of $2.88 per week. Inflation's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by 1870, the number of factories had grown to 86 across the U.S. with an average weekly wage of $5.61. Okay? Mm-hmm. So... Ten years later, women's wages in the sector were incrementally higher: six thirty-five for winders and four ninety-six for schoolers. Per we don't know the differences, but I guess there's a higher sk- there's a skill yeah, gap. Yeah, I guess so. The um, hierarchy of always a hierarchy. Comparatively, uh, in 1869, the United Community Silk Girls were working sixty to seventy hours per week. That's a, that's a shitload, no matter. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, and they were paid an average of three dollars and fourteen cents. So that is. Three dollars and fourteen cents versus five dollars and sixty-one cents in like uh-huh. the same two-year period, well below the national average. Uh, and then after the stock market crash of eighteen seventy-three, their wages were cut by twenty percent. Like, so they already weren't making great wages. Right. Now they're making worse than that. Yeah. So as not great, not great guys. As the average wage is going up. Oneida community is not it's it's not going up as much and then it's starting to drop and shit. Yeah. Um a lot of John Knows' contemporaries were decrying capitalism at this time as an evil to be fucking overcome and shit. The United Community free market capitalism was foundational to the company's or to the community's daily survival. Oh yeah. Right? They were like, we need money to get this shit done. And it was tied directly to their belief system. The uh communal library covered a broad spectrum of contemporary thought, including a 
all of the leading political economists, such as Adam Smith, Thomas Malthus, uh, David Ricardo, and John Stewart. I know who Adam Smith and Thomas Malthus are. They're money guys. The, yeah. the, 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 the invisible hand of the free market and shit is like uh-huh. Adam Smith and shit. Um, and then like John knows would just propound, you know, espouse on this at night. And uh, the Oneida Circular reported internal discussions that valorized economic prosperity as a sign of religious, of righteous morality, mm-hmm. you know, knows himself declared, uh, described Jesus Christ as a thoroughly scientific man who surely embraced 19th century empiricism. George Washington knows described God as, and quote, the great capitalist who dispenses profitable jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the community leaders encouraged the replication of the perfectionist communes elsewhere. But if you wanted to join them, you had to have the money. You had to have property to bring with you to donate to the community. Oh, yeah. No yeah. freeloaders allowed. No, not at all. Like, I'm sure his inner circle was made up of wealthy people. Because if you're postmenopausal, if you're an old man and you can't really contribute to the physical labor to getting shit done, then what what is your value? I would imagine it's probably some monetary value that they Yeah. Well, yo, check this out. Like this So the United Circular, which like was their other magazine that espoused the ideas of John Knows. Well, yeah. In the circular, it reported that half of the members working in the Oneida community's carpentry shop had been injured by machinery, like in that year, right? Wow. Or half the people. That's a lot. It's a lot of injuries. They also didn't track injuries to hired workers. That was only Oneida community members. Oh, okay. Who were probably doing the less difficult shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. During the summer months, the, end quote, little girls who, the silk girls who cleaned the, the silk, uh, they were they were granted a thirty minute recess at eight p.m. for bathing in the factory mill pond. Okay, that's the only break they got in the summer months. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, incredibly fucking abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just trying to get the highest profit, right? For their highest profit. But their finances are in the shitter. It's like sketchy accounting. It's all this all this stuff. Yeah. And then in eighteen seventy three, the market crashes. Mm-hmm. And shit is all fucked. And now they oh, need to yeah. figure out what the hell they're doing. Because oh. they've got some shady accounting. Yeah, they, 1873. Yeah. That's also when the town mm-hmm. starts to, like, organize their efforts against yeah. the United community. Yeah, yeah. They really start They start cracking down and laying down the pressure around this time. 1873. Yeah, and so, like, you know, they didn't roll in there with fuck all. But... By the time 1857 rolls around, there'd been a gradual improvement in circumstances. You know, the it, it built all the stuff up and it was all super nice. And then throughout the 1860s and the 1870s, they that's when they started bringing other on hired labor mm-hmm. more and more and more. And you have to pay those people, right. even if it's pennies, right? And so when the market crashed, they, being the abusive fuckers that they were, they started doing shit like making it so chil- the children of the community had to work like six hours a day for free and then they could get they would get paid for the hours after that of course for sure a tiny little tiny little sum Mm -hmm. but they really went like they started they became a cheap knockoff version of the tycoons of industry yeah they looked to like those dudes the the rockefellers the right fucking carnegies when the when the fire got put to them 
and the flame came too close. They were so quick to abandon what they stood for. Well, that so that's what that's what I'm getting to. So over the yeah. over the seventies, like the eighteen seventies, they they were losing it. And tension started getting higher. People started fucking off because the town around them was like, what right. are you people fucking There was doing? literally a whole conference held at yeah. Syracuse University against them. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like a whole yeah. conference. I mean, there's definitely some people who should be a couple conferences held. Yeah. Held against them. But uh, in 1878, John Humphrey knows was fearing that he was about to get arrested and like thrown in jail for some fucking... For whatever, for being a nuisance. Yeah. For being a detriment to everyone around him. Uh, and he just... And also, no, in 1879, his charge for statutory rape. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he already knew they were coming for him. Right. He didn't know what for. they coming for him. Yeah. So he flees to Canada. He just goes to fucking yeah. uh, Toronto. Got a skedaddle. He skedaddles to Canada. And while he's there, he's like, he writes a letter back. He's like, guys, we got to give up complex marriage. Yeah. We got to do it for the sake of the company. Mm-hmm. For the sake of the fucking company. And yeah, so he just abandons For his sake beliefs. Of their livelihoods at that point too. Except the business wasn't working. Yeah, they were hemorrhaging money. They were they had to keep paying their people less and less. People were getting hurt. Yeah. It wasn't it working. Was nothing was working. Right, because um, it. He's just he's trying to hold it all together, and it's just like the bag has a hole in it, so everything just keeps falling right back out of it. Yeah, and in seventy nine complex marriage ended and the united communities members started pairing off into monogamous male female couples thus uh kind of ending the whole feminist twist to it too they kind of wanted to do that a lot of people had wanted to do that for a long time yeah 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 well i mean and i understand that but along with that came all the supposed feminist lean proto-feminist leanings those just went right in the shitter too Mm -hmm. like of the people when they're when they reorganized the company and divvied up shares of the company, which was like the only way to save the business at the expense of the community. Essentially is the choice that it came down to. Yeah. And they chose the business over the community. Yeah. Yeah, and, they I mean, did. Yeah. Well they, they very much That's why I have that fork those forks and mm-hmm. spoons and knives up in my drawers. And when they divvied up the shares and shit, like the inner circle got a lot of shares. The outer circle got a little bit of shares. And then a lot of the like the founding women get fuck all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, another big thing that led to the downfall was youngsters, was was the youngins. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because they were like, I didn't really like that when you made me fuck that grandma. Right. That was pretty terrible. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't children they put to sleep. Uh, the younger knows John's son recommended that every able-bodied member be put to work for every able-bodied member be put to work four unwaged hours each day but receive wages for anything additional well they're working like 16 so you know they still got a they still got 12 paid hours <laughs> i know his son was like i don't even more savage in a way when yeah. it came to this type of stuff member stuff member alfred Barron complained privately to erastus hamilton that he did not want to pay one cent in wages to members but would spend $100,000 to expel, and quote, the parasite element. Hmm. Yeah. John's son, by the way, was Pierre Pont. Pierre Pont. Pierre Pont. Great name. Harriet Warden record, recorded in uh, her March 1875 diary, and quote, there are some people here who do not recognize that Frank Wayland Smith, as well as the rest of the young people, are no longer children. Basically, the elders 
that central group, yeah, whatever, they were treating like 25 year olds in, you know, the 1870s, right? Which is you're very much an adult, right? Yeah. They were treating them like fucking children. They treated everybody like exactly. children. Wayland Smith wrote, uh, quote, there is very little of the old fashioned mutual criticism done in these days. Occasionally, a few persons are called together to extort or reprove some one or more of the younger members. But that is about all. So they they started only bringing up younger members for the criticisms. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wayland Smith. And of course, they were like, fuck that. Yeah. Wayland Smith recounted a complaint heard from uh, Charles A. Burt that, and quote, Mr. Nose has prostituted the finances of the community. Sold us out, man. And so reporting such dissension, Harriet Skinner, whose own son Joseph had already quit the commune, wrote to John Nose, her brother, that the young folks, especially the boys, are in the most awful state of disrespect. But that, end quote, we are getting up a machine to bring them to order. Uh. That was the quasi-militaristic order of obedience and faithfulness that was organized to uh, stimulate good habits via compulsion and punishment. Oh, Lord. And remember, remember, these are adults. Good God, guys. Yeah. Find something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So by, by 1880, the board met to form a commission to propose uh, a long-term structural solution. Mm-hmm. Secretary Francis Wayland Smith provided the following record. One, in regard to leadership and government, we have no government worthy of the name. The council is a failure. <laughs> the young people do just as they like. No, there you have it. We have no religious unity, which is the cornerstone of communistic success. Yeah. I can hear Karl Marx screaming. <laughs> yeah. So basically it lasted like one generation. Yeah, pretty much. And Usually does. The next generation was just like, fuck holy you. shit, guys, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that? Our parents are insane. Uh-uh. Yeah. We're not doing that. Nope. Uh, three, our business credit is threatened by our divisions and internal discussions. Our businesses are so expanded that we have been obliged to borrow about $60,000 from the banks. A lot of money in those days. Wow. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a so few that's more. a lot of words to basically say, yeah. Yeah. Our own. It's all fudged up. Yeah. Yeah, basically. It's just not sustainable. He repeats those same points at at the end at points five and six. He says, five, we are no longer so economical as formerly, and the present government is powerless. Six, the young people are no longer under proper control. Yeah. That's what happens when you destroy the concept of a family. That's what happens when when they have autonomy. Yeah. So they said, fuck it. We're not a commune anymore. Yeah. We're just a company. And that's kind of just basically how... It ends. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. John, he retires to a cottage in Niagara Falls, where he spends his remaining days in the company of a small but loyal group of relatives and friends. He dies in 1886. And then, yeah. Yeah. In a a way, like, the old community never really dies because Oneida Community Limited... Specializing in silverware. Yeah, some like still, yo, it's still here. Literally, it's just somewhere. It was 1886. They started making silverware. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Or 1880. They just, they didn't even make any of the silverware while they were doing that shit. <laughs> they just started making silverware after all that weird shit was right. over, and then that's what um, everyone knows them for. Yeah. 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 Yep. And then it it and officially became Oneida Limited, the company that everybody knows in 1935 but like that's now you guys know everything leading up to it yep that's the secret history of american dinnerware (laughs) Cheers! Cheers. (laughs) wow and we have our tarot card yeah we do the page of wands 
you like my body. Yeah, that's Rod Stewart. And you think I'm sick? Yep, that's literally Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. Come on, Rod. He's a wand. He's oh, he's a fucking a wand, all right. Wand. Yeah, yeah. And remember, we started off with the Ace of Wands. That's true. The religious fire. So the Page of Wands, or the Princess of Wands in the Thoth deck, is um, it, it the Ace? And the Ace was our the Ace of Wands was our first card we pulled. The Ace of Wands is the element of fire unmanifested, undirected. The essence of the element of fire, mm-hmm. which is the first element. It's the first, it's the most primordial. It's the light of God, right? Yeah. And that's a useful description of it for these purposes. It's the thing that creates. It's the first breath of life into the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And the pages or princesses are inexorably linked to the aces. Uh, the page is the the page is the person that takes that undirected, unmanifested element and uses it. Right. Like this page, he's holding this wand so yeah. proudly in front of him. Yeah, I know another page held his wand so proudly. Of, yeah. Shooting it off into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> But I think more than just the obvious sexual innuendo, I, th- I think it speaks to, you know, cult leaders are whatever cluster of personality disorders they have. They have a, you know, I would call it a pathologized desire to make the world. Yeah. Right. To impose their vision of the world into physical reality. Totally. And, yes. And I think it's been very interesting doing this series right after the Jack Parsons series. Because, like, where John knows actually, he knew how to fuck. John knows could fuck. Yeah. He was good at it. He was good at so being attentive. Jack for that matter, I mean, we don't know that. We we don't, but we know we know that he had several lovers, and that he was sure. sort of he he fell more towards free love than closed love. Here's the thing: Jack Parsons was inattentive to the women in his life. That's very true, right? Jack Parsons was about free love. John knows about free sex. Right. And right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because John's view of love was, like we said, warped. Very warped. Uh, And I think it comes down to this whole, and I mentioned this in the Jack Parsons series that I think, because I do like, I think Parsons as the anti-cult leader. Yeah. He's not the antichrist. He's the anti-cult leader, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But he seemed to want to engage with the world as it is. Yeah. And that is sort of, it's one of the manifestations of like, a, it's a manifestation of the divine feminine mm-hmm. or Bina or Babylon is the, the world external from you, the, the womb of Babylon, right? Right. The, um, and accepting it as it is mm-hmm. and dancing with it, engaging with the world as it is. Yeah. Right. And that's why Jack was so obsessed with destroying repression, yeah. destroying the patriarchal, hierarchical rule of the church. He right? knew what he wanted and he went for it. But he also wanted other people to be able to go for it too. What right. they wanted. Whereas John, instead of knowing what he wanted and going for it, he had to wait for that divine inspiration. He was waiting to figure out his purpose and his calling that he was so uncertain about for quite a while. Yeah. Until he fell into the thing that he felt would give him the most 
approval and gratification. And and I think and he saw a way to make the world this yeah. proto-industrial mechanized fucking way. And he was like, well, this is this makes sense in my head. So this is obviously makes sense. So I need to impose this system on other people. Right. Like the way that he needed his whole family to be like, yeah, John, we get it. Right. And the way he made people record their sex in a fucking book. Yeah. You know, and destroyed the so idea of families and shit. Controlled. And like, even though there's there is an element of sexual liberation in, in there that sh- should be seen as a positive contribution. It was still John's world. Right. In and, an oppressive and way. And that speaks to a proud and tradition. John. It speaks to a proud tradition of men who want to rape the world. Yeah. That's what that is. And that's why John knows is a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's also the page of wands is wanting to make the world, but like not engage with the world. It's imposing will, imposing mm-hmm. fire. It's like how, you know, because the page is like a child, right? And children are, you know, they'll just say shit whether or not it hurts your feelings because they don't understand that it might hurt your feelings. Yeah. Just to like off the cuff be like, you're ugly. <laughs> your nose is big. It's yeah. Like, like, thanks. You know, they know not what they do. I don't think they do. And I think a lot of the cult stuff is sort of a feedback loop that like if they're eating gruel, John's feeling better because he's it's easier to berate them into submission. Right. So Gruel just happens to get fed more often. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, certainly, of course, some of it's purposeful, but I'm sure like he he doesn't see himself the way that we see him. He saw himself as the Lord, as God's messenger. Yeah. He saw what he was doing as a really great, awesome thing. Whereas we, with the history and distance from the situation are just like whoa (laughs) i mean i bet if we Uh, were there we probably wouldn't be cool with it either no i don't think so no yeah weird fucking shit dude so much so but it fits into our pantheon of oh it surely does yeah of history and, and culture in an interesting way i mean this was supposed to be one episode, and I was like, whoa, 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 there's too much here for that. Yeah, dude, I, it's, you know, it was a really nice break from mind warpy shit. Yeah, also the dude who assassinated President Garfield was a part of this That's true. community. He, he came and left several times. He threatened to blackmail them, but then John was like, I'll blackmail you instead, fuck you. Like. Yeah, I mean, dude, there's a lot of stuff here, but it's hard to get. Hey, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much. It's such a deep, weird rabbit hole. It really is. You got to dig to get some of the weirder shit. It's yeah. not talked about. But I'm I'm happy to have explored it. It was very interesting. I mean, I was- Learned get, a lot. I started to say that it was nice to get a break from like paranormal weirdness and shit. But then I remembered that like, this is what Brave New World is based on. Like, I, I guarantee it. Yeah. It's so crazy. From what you said, it really seems that way. I mean, yeah, take- Yeah, I, I trust you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so weird. And like, I don't know. It's uh, fucking forks, man. Forks. <laughs> so if you have any Oneida silverware, please send us a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see how see far it. it is. That's actually a... I want to see how many of our listeners have some. Yeah. yeah I Let's make a fork map. <laughs> yeah. <a> fork map. <laughs> totally. Uh, All right, guys. 
Yeah. So be sure to follow us and all the things. Yeah, do Instagram. all this stuff. We're on, on Twitter. On Twitter. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple, and they both have rating systems. It would do us a real solid. Yeah. If you could give us a five star rating, it would. I feel like I'm begging for ratings now. Mm, beg, 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 please, <laughs> please. I'm just so hungry for clout. We need the ratings. All right, guys. No, we do. Uh, it's We've actually gotten a decent amount. Of, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. And, thank uh, you for listening. We've gotten some ratings. It's good. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Yeah. And again, we've had, I don't know, I'm babbling because we've had a fucking weird week. We're going to keep it weird. I would go right. I'm going to. I'm taking on the goddamn beast himself mm. next week. Oh goodness gracious, Try, guys! I'm gonna I'm gonna do something very topical three weeks in the future. Yep. See what happens with that. See you guys next week. All right. Bye. Peace out.